Horrorhounds, welcome to episode 19 of Things That Go Bump In The Night. We're back with another episode. Like we said, we're we're trying to jump back in weekly now. It's been a bit of up an up and down week, but, uh, you know, I always like to get to the weekend. And then uh, you start a new week fresh, right? Come Monday. So it's always... Yeah, a... I, I love that theory. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's it's a good way to be. It's a it's a nice positive way, I think, to uh, to live your life a little bit. So we've got a few things to talk about today, and two of the stories we are going to get into. We're not going to jump in there, but two of the stories we are going to get to, kind of to do with Universal Monsters, so they kind of tie back to the classic horror podcast too, but in a mm. in a very modern way. So yeah, we are going to get there, but what we are going to start with is the sad news but we we had to bring it up of the passing of oscar winning legend christopher Plummer. you know it it was a good age 91 but you know and he was still acting literally until the end right yeah i mean this just completely passed me by i didn't realize that he passed away when when was it uh literally the other day um two days ago yeah so it's it's very recent very, very very recent but he um yeah, he was working right up until the end. I think the most recent thing I saw him in was Knives Out, which was absolutely Same. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And that then he great, obviously, it? oh, it was really good. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed Knives Out. I really did. And probably most famous in recent years was he played. I'm not sure if it was the lead or you know it was a notable character though in all the money in the world the ridley scott film where he mm-hmm. replaced kevin spacey at the last minute where yeah. i don't yeah. know if you remember but they they literally had filmed pretty much all yeah, of kevin was done, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was done it was ready to come out and then they um they went back and reshot all the kevin spacey shots but with christopher Plummer. and yeah i mean crazy and then he was nominated for an oscar for that as well becoming i believe that's, the, that's incredible yeah, the oldest Academy Award nominee in history. I think he was like 88 when he was nominated for all the yes, money in the yeah, world. Yeah, he would have yeah. been late 80s. Wouldn't he? Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And That's to incredible. like turn in an Oscar-nominated performance at the last minute, that just shows the the level of talent he was. It really, really does. The film that he really jumps out at for me is... Uh, it's probably not one that most people would realise he's in, but the, the 90s Jack Nicholson wolf oh the, yeah uh, the, yeah the werewolf film where he plays the the kind of sleazy publishing house owner that jack nicholson's character works for and um it's michelle pfeiffer as well isn't it uh, plays yes i believe so his daughter and you've got jack nicholson and i'm not saying christopher Plummer overshadows him in that film he doesn't but he's incredibly memorable and to be memorable yeah. in a film where you don't have a massive part and you're playing alongside jack nicholson is exactly it, it just it, it speaks to his talent yeah it really really does it's i mean the guy's credits speak for themselves obviously probably most famous of all the sound and music but he was in one yeah. of the black panther films he was in 12 monkeys i believe uh the girl with the dragon tattoo the yes. uh, the david fincher remake of that which i really enjoyed i thought was really good knives out obviously we've mentioned and then quite a few horror films as well but you know he like you said Mm. you brought up wolf he was also in uh dracula 2000 priest which you know priest is quite a fun little sci-fi horror film for for those that haven't seen it so yeah he done you know he the guy's credits are, are unbelievable and you know it's like i thought we had to bring up had to pay respect to the man because you know he's really paved the way hasn't he for a lot of these yes yeah you know the these actors that are stellar stellar actors but kind of jump all over the place and jump in and out of genre films too so yeah you know rest in peace christopher Plummer. and that brings us on to our first universal monster film maybe i say that because yeah it's a bit of a weird story that broke so I'll let you jump in on this one, because I'm actually really interested in your reaction to this bit of news I sent you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really torn on it. Um, okay. Uh, so, I, so, you know, this, the idea of this, this whole universal monster universe, and I, I, I think they started, but then kind of chucked it out of their plans with oh, Dracula Untold. Yeah. 
um, which I thought was really good. I enjoyed it. Oh, I didn't mind it, yeah. And the thing is, I, 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 on the face of it, I, I, I would say, you know, Hollywood is all about franchises, remakes, and, you know, adapting books and things. Um, but you can have a little bit of leeway on, on these kind of films because it's almost acceptable that they're redone and redone and redone yeah. because it's yeah. such a recognisable character. I mean, yeah, obviously, such a rep- uh, rep- uh, rep- perhaps Stoker come up with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's almost as if everyone has a licence to, to, to have their spin on it. And I really thought uh, The Invisible Man recently was a really interesting version of it. Yeah, I, so I really I like that film. Really, really like that film. I, I could look at this and think, well, if, if they go in that kind of direction, if we, if we're talking about that as a kind of benchmark, then this could be really interesting again. But then I see sci-fi western, and that yes. rings alarm bells for me. Do you know what? I I have to agree. I have to agree. The When this news dropped that Universal were developing, I believe at the minute they're developing two Dracula films. So, so this Dracula film in particular that we are talking about is this is the one where the news is yep. dropped, which is described as an original futuristic sci-fi Western retelling of the classic Dracula town. Now, presumably bigger budget than the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I am kind of interested in what that could be, but at the same time, I don't know. It, it's kind of like that thing with me where I'm like, if that was a vampire story, a little bit uh, oddly enough, in in the Christopher Plummer section a minute ago, I, I mentioned a film called Priest, mm. a little bit similar to that, right? Priest is a, a futuristic sci-fi western with horror elements. Yeah, right. I, I, so yeah, it could be a little bit misleading what they've right. said. I I kind of if you say to me we're doing an original futuristic sci-fi western with vampires, okay, let's see where that goes. But mm. like Dracula. I, it's not that I'm not into it or I'm not, I don't think, like, I'm excited about it. I want to see where it goes. But I, that's my problem. I can't see the possible angle on this, which kind of has me excited about it. But at yeah. the same time, like you said, is a little bit like alarm bells is in, okay, where well, are they those, taking this? With those terms, if you take futuristic sci-fi Western Dracula... To me, that doesn't scream big budget universal serious film. That screams cheap, funny, enjoyable B movie. Well, it's, that's what worries me as well. Oddly, it kind of screams a bit of both to me, in the same way as like the the now in the coffin of the dark universe, as they was calling it, was the Tom Cruise film The Mummy. Right, that was like the now in the coffin of yes. trying to stitch everything together. It was like, okay, this isn't working. Like, Dracula Untold, like, well, yes, I enjoyed it as much as you did. It wasn't successful. The Mummy wasn't successful. They scrapped all that. Blumhouse took over. I believe they're the ones making the other Dracula films. They are, yes. Yeah, they've made the um, Invisible Man, which we mentioned, which is fantastic. I think that's the right way to do the retelling. This, yeah, it does sound B-movie, but at the same time, it kind of sounds a bit like the Tom Cruise version, where it's like, it's the Mummy... But it's also this action chase heist type film. And it's like, okay, that's too much. Is it going to be too big? Because what I like about the Universal Monster stuff is though back in the day when when they were making those films, they were very grand, you know, films with huge sets and, you know, a decent amount of money put into them. But Mm -hmm. to achieve that today, you don't need that. And I think The Invisible Man went the right way about that. Yeah, it's it, very it was yeah, it was big enough, but it was still contained enough in the same way the original Invisible Man was. So yeah, mm. I mean this is interesting, man. I'm like, especially because it's universal, it's officially their take on Dracula again. Like so this will be outside of the Blumhouse one, which Universal are working with Blumhouse on. This is their first stab at Dracula since Dracula Untold, right? Which, again, was yes. like a completely different way of looking at that character in that it went more to the legend of Vlad the Impaler than, than Dracula, and it you know, yeah. just kind of lent into that, didn't it? But, yeah, man, like, this is... They're throwing this at it? 
Okay. Okay. Is it going to stick? I mean, I don't. I, don't... <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, definitely check it out, but. <laughs> It's a, I it's don't a know. weird one, it's, isn't it's, it? It's, it's just there's something there that's grating with me, and it's I don't know. From I mean, to be fair, we know very little beyond that one little uh, line of how it's being described. Yeah. Um, but I will reserve judgment till we know more. Yes. Yes, definitely. But um, interested, if a little bit skeptical, you know, like futuristic sci-fi western isn't something i would normally paint with dracula but hey if you can make it work yeah make it work why the hell not so then on to we're moving away from universal but we are staying firmly in the monster category and this is some other news that broke this week that actually has me very very excited and i have no idea do you know how to say the director's name don't know <laughs> no yeah. knew, do you know i knew you was gonna ask me no, i i oh, have I no idea i have no idea i don't want to like just butcher i it. don't i don't i don't want to butcher it i because I, I i don't even i wouldn't know where to start with greek pronunciations the the, the guy that we are referring to he, he's actually a really really good director if you've ever seen um he makes some very weird films the his last film is a film called the favorite with emma stone who we'll bring up in a minute because she's part of this adaption we're about to talk about but he made a film called the lobster and he worked he basically works with a24 he makes these weird a24 films and the film i i'm not sure who he's making this this film with we're actually going to bring a24 back up in a minute but he is making a adaption of a novel called poor things and poor things in itself is a reimagining of the frankenstein monster town emma stone play the the title character so as you can probably guess frankenstein's monster in this is female so it's a little bit cross between the monster and the bride if you will story is completely different you heard of this book had you heard anything about this beforehand no 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 i hadn't i I hadn't heard of this and you know reading what it's all about it sounds absolutely nuts so have you got that in front of you (laughs) I've I've got it in front of me and right. I read I, I was it out because I agree. In it's what, insane. What, what have you sent me? Right. So exactly. Adapted from Alistair Gray's nineteen ninety-two novel with the same name, the story follows the bizarre life of oversexed, volatile Bella Baxter, an emancipated woman and a female Frankenstein. Bella is not her real name. As Victoria Blessington, she drowned herself to escape her abusive husband. But a surgeon removed the brain from the fetus she was carrying and placed it in her skull, resuscitating her. The revived Bella has the mental age of a child. Engaged to marry Glasgow physician Archibald McCandless, <laughs> she chloroforms him and runs off with a shady lawyer who takes her on a whirlwind adventure, hopping from Alexandria to Odessa to a Parisian brothel. As her brain matures, Bella develops a social conscience, but her rescheduled nuptials to Archie are cut short when she is (laughs) recognised as Victoria by her lawful husband, General Sir Aubrey Blessington. Right, reading that out, that sounds like a traditional farce, like uh, Knives Out or The Importance of Being Earnest. There you go. If it was made by A24, which we don't know that it is. No. So... I'm very, very excited about this film just because I'm a where big do, fan. Where do you start with that? How do you, how do you take right. that apart? Well, think... the other part of that is that's the setup. That's the build. Like, that sounds like a whole film in itself. But that's mainly the build. And in this director's hands, with Emma Stone, who I think is one of the, the you know mm. most fantastic actresses in Hollywood, this is going to be something special because Emma, you know, one of the reasons I really like Emma Stone, a little bit like on last week's episode where I was talking about um, Anya Taylor-Joy, is they do have bigger roles, right? They go on to do stuff that is accessible to everyone, but they also like yeah. coming back and tapping into these really smaller independent a24 films basically right they they both made films with a24 mm. that, that are crazy and this director's work if you are not familiar with it just i cannot recommend i i believe it was his first film it's called the lobster 
it stars Colin Farrell, and that's all I'm going to tell you. That's all I'm going to tell you because, like, just and you know what? If you are going to watch it, if you find it, try and avoid reading anything. If you I, I like, haven't seen his film, so I'll, oh, I'll man, check it out completely. If you blind. like weird, quirky, insane <laughs> ideas and storytelling, this is like this dude is yeah, like he's incredible. He he really is. But talking of a twenty four, so I'm not sure. I believe this might be under, is it Searchlight Pictures? There, I, I believe I saw Searchlight Pictures and they mentioned somewhere. However, the, the reason why, obviously, the directors worked with A24 before, A24 are developing their own Bride of Frankenstein film that stars Scarlett Johansson. And it was announced last year. I'm not sure when it's due to come out. Yeah. But we're getting so see this this one i had heard of i had heard of yes yes now that i'm very excited about again i think scarlett johansson is like perfect casting for the bride is it it definitely a retelling of bride and frankenstein though or is it just a a similar i mean have have people jumped on that and said oh this sounds like the bride of frankenstein so i believe it is based on the Bride of Frank, uh, not so much the film, but I, I believe the Bride and Book. So the A24 film is simply called Bride. And yeah. yeah, I believe it. I'm not even sure if like the monster will be in it or, or whatever it is. But um, yeah, it, it will just mainly focus on her and be a retelling of her story. So it won't be Bride of Frankenstein esque, where, you know, she's being created throughout the film and then you only see her at the end. The, the whole purpose of the A24 Bride film is it's all about her from, from what yes. I understand. I mean, that, that could change, but I'm very much looking forward to that because you know, Scarlett Johansson playing the bride and A24, yeah, come on, that, that's not nice to see her doing some stuff away from you know, the big, the big Marvel stuff. stuff as yeah. well, yeah, 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 especially with um. I know she's got Black Widow coming out, I mean, it should have been out, right? It, it got pushed, mm, but, yeah, yeah, you know, word is she is done with that she's she's moving on from that so yeah it'd be nice to see her jumping back into some more smaller independent stuff because again i think she's a fantastic actress and you only have to look at some of the smaller films she's done to um to see how good she really is you know she is she is real she doesn't get enough credit because of those marvel films a little bit like (laughs) yeah it's a a double-edged sword isn't it yeah exactly like i don't think robert down jr gets the credit for the caliber of actor he is like if you go back and watch some of his earlier stuff, guy's incredible. Like absolutely incredible, you know. Yeah. All right, dude. So we'll leave that one there. These are all quite uh quick, sharp stories this week, which in a weird way I kind of like because they're not giving too much away, right? They're just yeah, that's they're right, not yeah. yeah they're not filling us with loads of details that we can talk about for an hour and kind of. I think it gives us it gives us more to kind of anticipate as well. Yes, exactly. So these these are all stories we'll definitely be jumping back into a little bit later on when a few more details drop, or hopefully, maybe we don't hear anything until like a little teaser trailer drops or something. That you know, yeah. I'd, I'd be down for that. All right, dude. So moving on to something that I sent you literally minutes before we went on air, and I know this has you excited. Oh yeah, completely. Yes. So this is, I believe, from a couple of days ago. Um, I took this article from Dread Central and Sarah Paulson has promised that there will be a new season of Ratchet. It is going to happen. She confirms that Netflix is moving ahead on a second season. She doesn't know when it will start filming, but it is definitely going to happen. You're excited about that, right? I am completely. Yeah. In a, in a strange way, though, I would have been not happy but I would have accepted it if there wasn't another one because I felt even though it the the the, the first series ended on a little bit of a cliffhanger, it, it could have been the end as well. Whereas you use your imagination to carry it on. Yeah. You know, it wasn't so much a cliffhanger that you're screaming, we definitely need another series. But we were screaming for another series just because it was just so good. And yeah. I'm so excited for this. I hope they don't ruin it. That's really pessimistic, no, isn't it? I, yeah, I agree. I agree. No, I'm really excited about this. And and we should also note that um, I can't remember who said, but someone said the other day that um, the new season of American Horror Story is 
literally days away from going into production. So obviously she's busy on that. She's back for that. And then, yeah, she'll be yeah, turning her attention back to this. Well, yeah, she has, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah I, I, I just, I, I, I can't wait for this. It's gonna be really, where do really you want to see this go? Where do you want to, so at the end of, so let's have a little recap. You kind of, what was the exact you, ending? It ended with her, um, with her partner yeah. in their kind of, was it Mexico? It was they Mexico. They were in their, was, their holiday yeah. retreat. Yes. Um, and she gets a call from her brother yes. who's run off with one of the patients and. He's on like a killing spree, right? Yeah. yeah. And the, the lady who run the motel. Yes. Uh, that Sarah yes. Paulson's character was, was staying in. What I would like to see from that, because that, that trio was brilliant. I really oh, no, hope yeah, they turn it into kind of like a, a, a cross-country killing spree from those yes, three. Cool. And it's up to uh, Mildred to track them down. Well, I could definitely see them going Bonnie and Clyde on that storyline. Yeah. And I yeah. could see it ending in like a, a blaze of glory as well, you know. I, I Obviously, there's the option for them to end up back at the asylum and to, you know, go through that and for... Nurse Ratchet to try and bring him round or, or whatever it is, but I kind of yeah. want to yeah. see him go out in a blaze of glory, Bonnie and Clyde style. You know, yeah. just get the car shot up. I think that would be quite cool. They need to know when to yes. when to end it, don't they? When to, to... yes, they haven't yeah. been shy about killing off good characters, though. That's very true. I believe very Sharon true. Stone died in the first series, didn't she? Yes, yes, she did. Yeah. Do you think in season two we'll start to see? some of the characters from the film or do you think they're not going there yet because we didn't I, get I any of them right yeah in... no i don't think they will i don't think they need to i think it's strong enough without having that link that tie back yeah yeah i mean yeah. I, I, I was interested in this one of the reasons why i was interested in the first place was because of the character that it's based on Yes, um, and I can remember we, we discussed it as t the time, and I did wonder if you was going to see it sort of end if it was going to be like a one shot series um, with with her with with Jack Nicholson's character arriving. Um, but I really don't think that it needs that now. That it's way strong enough to stand on its own two feet, and I think the further they move from that, the better. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. And one thing I did notice in this press release on dread central now i can't remember if way back when when you know we first started talking about the first series before it even dropped on netflix and we were saying we're excited about it. i can't remember how those press releases build it up but i'm quietly confident at least one or two of those press releases they mentioned the film one flew over cuckoo's nest right they mentioned mm -hmm, that it was based mm -hmm. on the, they did, yeah. the film now what's interesting about this press release is they're saying that it's based on the character from the novel nothing to do with the film so i wonder if that is their way of saying look we've just taken this character out of the novel we're just doing a story around her maybe she don't even name back at the asylum in this story in our story or she does years later we're telling in between jack nicholson's character danny devito's character that, all those, like they're not in it like they don't exist because we're not adapting the film we're adapting the novel i just thought that was really and she's not in the asylum yeah is it the same asylum i can't remember. i believe so yes yeah so yeah, i believe so they could just take it off in its own way and let it kind of develop as a completely separate entity it doesn't need to go back there yeah i i, I mean don't. i wouldn't i wouldn't blame them if it did you know it would, it would be nice to see but you know sometimes you don't you don't have to always do that you know what i mean yes yeah no i i completely agree i yeah i would kind of like to see a spin-off i i think like during the first season I was kind of open to those characters turning up. And at one point, I thought yes, yes. one of the characters was going to develop into one of the characters from the film. But based on character name, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm kind of over that in a way. I'm kind of like, because also I'm so sold on the world this lives in. 
it's a very different world. It's a very colourful, over-the-top, stylish telling yeah. of this world, where One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, as in the film, is very yeah. bleak. It's very, like, it, it looks like you're in an asylum, right? Uh, it, and I, I don't want her to be that person. No, I don't. I don't. It, that's the other weird thing, isn't it? That's the other weird thing. Yeah, because, like, it feels like there's a huge gap, is what it feels like. Yes. Like, when does she become... Like, we've seen an edge to her, but I always feel like the edge is justified. And the edge oh, is... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe she's a little power hungry, but you can kind of see why. You kind of learn why. But in the... And I haven't watched the film in a while, but if I remember correctly... She is just kind of an arsehole, right? Like, she is just kind of a, you know, she's just really trying to take control of these people. And yes, not yeah, really I mean, it's been helping been years. Much. Yeah. Since I've seen this. Um, but, I've, you know, and I've, I've really, I've just got images in my head beyond a couple of Jack Nicholson scenes. Um, yeah. But in my mind, yeah. I kind of feel like the older nurse who takes over the asylum, she's more like. I agree. Uh, I agree. The, the character in One Flew Over the yeah. Cuckoo's Nest. I agree. Yeah, I wonder if maybe there'd be a little a twist on that. It could be, couldn't there? Yeah, possibly. It could be. Like she takes her name or something. Could be interesting. I, I'm interesting. definitely, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely looking for. I think you can just tell by the way that we've taken a line from Sarah Paulson saying this is happening, and we've turned it into a whole conversation. We're quite excited with where this goes, and yeah, I am just excited to see a new season because. The you know we if you listen to our review you know way back when the colours the way it's shot you know just the shot choices it's a stunning series yeah it's it's just stunning to look at it really is like they don't always get the character stuff right not all the episodes are you know they don't knock them all out the park but it's always great to look at it's always Mm -hmm. very well put together it's very stylish which you kind of expect from a ryan murphy show i guess i guess that's like yeah demo, right? and it, did, did you see the did did you see the, the the article where sarah paulson talks about series 10 of american horror story no i only saw basically the headline that she said it was like days away from filming very very it was very brief what she said it was it was about the character's name and the character's hair color um oh, okay. and saying that the character she plays has has some issues. But what I thought was interesting, and I could only assume it is an official picture, was because we don't know what it's about. Uh, we 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 know we saw that contortionist guy, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. who was auditioning. But interestingly, the picture they used that said American Horror Story uh, ten was a close up of a woman's mouth open in, with a scalpel on the tongue. I thought that was quite oh. interesting. Like, could it could it be something to do with plastic surgery? Yeah, I can see that. Um, I kind yeah, kind of. I think it's going to be to do with body modification. Yeah, because you've got like the contortionist that can like naturally modify their body. Then yeah, yeah. I reckon they might go down that road. I can, I can already see him as something that's gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can, you know, that's that's a real dark fucking path, man, that like some people take like plastic surgery to the extreme. As in, I've always found I've always had this weird obsession with the characters from Escape from L.A., the John Carpenter film, where Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're they've gone overboard on the plastic surgery. They've just like kept trying to develop themselves. And so they've just turned themselves into these hideous monsters. Because they yeah. they're addicted to the to the plastic surgery, and obviously there's stuff like that in real life, right? There's like some crazy documentaries yeah, out there yeah. about what some people do, you know. And one of the ones that always is stuck in my head is I think it's a Louis Theroux documentary where he talks about um, it's basically the quest for perfection, you know, in yourself. And some people that is hitting the gym every day. Some people it's self care, whatever it is. For some people it's kind of just taking the shortcuts and having the plastic surgery. And there's this one yeah. guy that just the most haunting image, really, it, you know, it, he's obviously suffering with sank and he's obviously addicted to the surgery, but instead of going to the gym to work up biceps, he gets implants for his biceps. And instead yeah. of going to the gym to work up his chest. Ab, ab ones. Yeah, he, he like, gets um, chest implants, yeah, ab implants. I remember that one. Mm. Butt implants, leg implants, uh, the 
muscles in your legs. And he, he has implants for like every muscle to make it look like. But the problem is there's that like shot where he takes his shirt off. It doesn't look real. <laughs> like none yeah, of that looks real. Yeah. It's crazy. Like how, I don't know. It's, it's very fascinating to me what they see when they look in the mirror and what yeah. they, what, what is their quest for perfection? What is it they're actually going after? And then you well, obviously they'll never have... get this a psychological disorder, isn't it? Like yes. Michael Jackson. Yes. They'll, they'll yes. never yeah. get there. And then you obviously have the real extreme side of it. Like, um, I can't remember what his like official title is, so I apologize. But he's like the cat man, I think. I think that might actually be. One oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Do you know, know the guy yeah. I'm on about who literally know, no, spent he's... his life? He's got like, um, He's had something done to his top lip, so it goes into his yeah. nose, and yeah. he's and got his like eye, um, got his tiger eyes. stripes tattooed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he got his eyes tattooed, didn't he, to make them. Then you get like the lizard guys who get their tongue yeah. split. The tongue split, yeah, and yeah, the um, there's like a reptile guy, isn't there? And he's had the yeah, like little things inserted in his forehead and stuff, so it looks like he's got like a lizard's forehead or something. It's like, yeah. man, like. I like I'm all for like whatever makes you happy, right? Like I always say that, like whatever makes you happy, you do that. I do just find that very, very fascinating. I do just find the mm. that quest for whatever your personal perfection is. That's very, very interesting. And obviously, you know, the horrible side of it is some of it is quite dangerous. Like who was that? Yeah, I mean French lady who was obsessed with having the biggest breast implants in the world and then she yeah i remember yeah she just kept getting them bigger and eventually it essentially killed her because it, it was you know you just couldn't keep doing that to your body and it was crazy like you know the breast implant she had at the end like you couldn't well, even stand I, up with with those things I, I remember seeing a lady it was i don't know it was one of the morning programs years and years and years ago i don't think it was the same lady i'm pretty sure she, she might have been american but or english okay. but i can remember her saying she wanted to get a valve so that she could pump them up herself that's insane isn't it It was just it was it, it is and like you know with going back to like the lizard guy and, and the cat guy and, and you're right you know people should be able to do whatever they want as long as they're not hurting anyone else and it makes them happy yes go exactly. ahead however when you're going to those extreme lengths, you would hope, I, I really hope that there are very stringent psychological checks before, because. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, if, if you, if you used to say to me, you know, this, this guy over here is completely 100% sane, I would question that. And he, and he may well be. And, you know. Well, the other side you, of it is there's no coming back from it. Exactly. How do you come there's back from no that? coming back. From <laughs> it. Like, once you get that done. You ain't never coming back from it. And look, some well, people do stuff. I don't like cats anymore. I like dogs. Right. Well, right. Some people do stuff and make very successful careers out of it, right? Like the, um, mm -hmm. again, I, I apologize. I, I, I'm not sure what his name is, but the guy who has had his whole body tattooed, including his face, to look like a skeleton. Like he's had his face tattooed to look I, like I a skeleton. I thought he might be from a, a Latin country. Yeah. I think, I believe so. But he's turned that into a very successful career. Like, he's a very, very successful model. He's been in tons of music videos. He was in, I think, yeah. Lady Gaga's Born This Way music video. He, yeah, I mean, he's made a huge career of it. So that was almost a good move for him, right? Yeah, yes, absolutely, yeah. For for other people, yeah, I don't know where that, you know, where that's going. See, the, well, this is the thing, because there's an argument to say that doing that is no different to what the cat guy has done however in my mind it is a, a step different because even though you tattoo your whole body obviously that's extreme tattooing but it's still just tattooing that's what he's yeah. had done but when you start talking about implants under the skin to to actually become what you are not to make yourself look is yeah. is, is different league to me yeah yeah it's it's very interesting i would you don't really see proper in-depth interviews with these people. And I think that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see, like I said, the, the Louis Theroux one does probably the best job I've seen. Yeah, of, definitely. Of diving yeah, in on like body modification and stuff. But 
I would they love scoot to see. around the questions you want to ask. There you go. Yeah, I would love. I would love. It's to all see like it's all the, the superficial questions. Yeah. How long almost, did it take? How much? Yeah, you spent and it's it? almost stuff like some of them. I feel like some of them are not even interested in the people behind it. All. They're just interested in no, the it's just a freak show, right? To them. Yeah, it's like it's a TV right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not actually diving into the person, and, and I would like to see that. But, like, bringing this full circle, that is my prediction for the next season of American Horror Story. And i tell you why also I'm leaning into that. Is it... Am I right in thinking it's, like, set by the sea? Like, it's a beach town or something? I'm sure, like, I read that somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I've not, I've not seen that. I don't know. So, I'm sure I read something like that somewhere. I, I don't know if you ever saw it, but a good few years ago, there was a show on maybe the Discovery Channel or something like that. I believe it was set in Santa Monica, it, it, a reality show it was set in Santa Monica, and it was called maybe like the last freak show or something. And it was literally like the last permanent freak show in America, right? Because obviously they've moved away from that stuff and, mm. you know, you shouldn't really use that stuff as branding however there are a lot of people where that is a big family tradition you know or they knew people that grew yep. up so that's you know they want to own that they want to you know take ownership of that and yeah this like focused on the classic freak show attractions that you that you you know you see everywhere but also it did have a lot of body modification people in it so you would have people that have like tattooed 100% of their you know nearly 100% of their bodies you would have people who have had extreme body modification and you know had their tongues split and all this kind of stuff and uh yeah that was really interesting that was a really really interesting show and i kind of just wonder if there's a bit of inspiration in this because there was like contortionists in that there were people that would kind of like hang themselves up on hooks and all that kind of stuff there were people who could there are people that have a condition where like they don't bleed very easily so they can like cut themselves without any blood coming out and stuff so you'd have like people like that that would do this really extreme shit yep. and yeah but you know it was put into a modern day a modern day freak show and i wonder if there's a little like i said i think that was set on uh set in santa monica so it'd be very interesting to see if they kind of take a little bit of inspiration from that but from like the little bits i've read yeah yeah kind of what i've put together i think it's going to be a little bit of body modification a little bit of that maybe tied back to freak show because obviously they like tying stuff together. So, yeah. Yeah, I do. I've got a... Don't ask me why. I've not read anything. But I've just got a feeling this might be the last one. I think 10 is a good number. Like I've I just think... got this feeling. Yeah. I. To me, I don't know. I kind of feel like there's only two seasons they end it on now. They either end it on 10. Because, it, you know, it's a nice round number. You made 10 seasons. How many people make 10 seasons? Yeah. Or 13. Yeah. Just because it, like, it's the perfect American Horror Story number. You know, 13 yep. is the... That's the one we're going out on. 13 seasons. And it could, even be, it could even be the title of the series as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just like all based around, you know, maybe the number 13 or something. Yeah, it, yeah I could really see him doing something like that. I think that would be really cool. But yeah, man, excited to see where both that goes, Ratchet and American I mean, Horror Story. That said, with American Horror Story, I haven't seen nine yet. No, I haven't because it haven't it hasn't dropped on which Netflix. Which is the yet. which is the no. I mean, and what really what's stopping them? Just get get yeah, it on no, there. Just get it on there. I will I, get it watched. Yeah, I know. It's well, the only thing that may be stopping them, I wonder, is is American Horror Story FX in America? It is, isn't it? I believe so. And FX is now owned by Disney. So I wonder if yeah. Disney are waiting for like Netflix or whoever to give the rights up, and then they're because obviously what, it, uh, Disney. Well, yeah, because they're launching a new part of Disney Plus called Star, which is all adult content. Oh, I see. Yeah, so like right, later yeah. this month, I don't know. In America, it might already be part of it. I think it is actually. But at the end of February in the UK, uh, Disney Plus will have a new section called Star. And that's going to be all the adult content from Fox and stuff and like a lot of legacy content. So you're going to have the X-Files on there, Buffy, Angel, 
Desperate Housewives, you know, all like legacy TV shows that are more adult that are not associated with Disney. But you're also going to have, yeah, you're also going to have like the Deadpool films and and stuff like that. They're going to be part of this star section on Disney Plus. So I wonder if they're going to start moving a lot of the FX stuff over there as well. Because obviously, if you remember back to that Disney investor call a few weeks ago or a month ago, whenever it was, FX was a part of that presentation. They were saying about the Alien TV yes. show, which is FX. They were saying about um, another TV show, but it was like a very adult TV show. So Disney do have a focus on FX. There's there's no two ways about it. They definitely have a focus on, and I can't see why they wouldn't want those popular shows, especially say like American Horror Story, on their platform, especially if now you have a section for adult content. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a no-brainer, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't they? If it reverts back to them, then yeah, I mean well, that's themselves? what they done with like the Marvel films and everything. They like stopped licensing them out to Netflix, and then they just waited for the licenses to end, and they didn't let Netflix renew anything. So that's why Netflix had to stop all of its Marvel yeah. stuff because they were like, well, we've got our own service now. All right, sir. So that brings us to. Everyone's favorite section of the show. We didn't have one of these last week, so we're doing our <laughs> top five of 2021. But I'm, of course, talking about the creepy link of the week. I am in love with what you sent me this week. I'm going to let you intro it, and then we'll get into our thoughts. But, yeah, tell everyone what the creepy link is. This is a, a reimagining of Harry Potter as if, if it was a horror film. Uh, this particular one takes the last two films and redoes a trailer for it as if it was as, as if it was a horror film and there's lots out there lots of different ones uh, but there's a very specific reason why i chose this one particularly before i let you know what that was what, what did you make of it scott i adored this so for for those that don't know i'm, I'm a huge harry potter fan and one of the See, things i didn't I, know that i didn't know yeah so I'm, I'm a massive harry potter fan and one of the things i've always loved about harry potter is how dark it gets towards the end like as the Mm. one of the things i've always kind of admired about it as i was kind of the same age maybe a little bit older than like the kids are in in the books and in the films as they're growing up right yeah so it's kind of like you're growing up with them and as you're growing up as you're getting into more adult stuff so do the films like the films don't really stay kids films like you there's a real argument to be said that the last like two especially maybe the last three they're not really kid films they're pretty dark no, like, no there's some dark not. stuff no. that happens in them and i've always thought that a little bit like with star wars and we've done one of these with star wars didn't we the alien star wars yes yeah. i've always thought there was real room for a horror based series maybe a horror based film like a little spin-off the harry potter is perfectly set up for it because it actually takes a lot of inspiration from monsters and mythology and a lot of stuff that we build horror on so i've always thought there's a really really great horror film in there and the way this is edited the choice of music is it's fantastic man what did you think about it i mean yeah it was it's it's definitely one of the strongest ones but for me it was the music and the sound effects that you put through it yes it reminded me of an a24 film i know we talk about them all, all the time but the shot where I think it's the professor who um, does the premonitions uh, when she's being suspended on Voldemort's table and kind of coming towards the camera, they they cut that in between different bits yes. Um, yes. with the sound effects. And it, it looks fantastic. The, the sound so is, is, is wonderful. And the, and the shot choices as well, like the shot choices of Voldemort. You know, it, it, it's just, so I perfect. forgot how scary some of those things were. Yeah. Like where the, the old lady turns into the snake and yeah, I, the, I, I don't know oh, if it's that scary without all the music in. And it puts me in mind of John Carpenter saying that Halloween is as scary as it is because of the soundtrack. That's, it definitely that, is. That but like there's stuff it. in, like I said, there's some dark stuff in those last two Harry Potter films. And it, like some of it is creepy as hell. Like where, yeah, the teacher is is being levitated over over the table and mm. you've got a snake yeah. and a just underneath and then you yeah. don't 
you you kind of see it in the trailer they cut away a little bit in in this trailer you sent me but in the film obviously the you know nagini you know voldemort gives nagini permission to eat the teacher yeah kill the teacher and it's just insane like it's just so again for a kid's film you're like wow but with that music the way it's cut together and also it look those films look like horror films the way they're Mm. shot look like horror films they're dark they're you know the shadows and the the again the shot choices the way the camera moves the the use of the scenery and yeah it's incredible man like he gets you know the when you get to the the goblet of fire and the dementors and the yes uh the the werewolf in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban oh, and yeah. the, the Basilisk in Chamber of Secrets or the Possession in uh, The yeah. Order of the Phoenix. There's some very, very dark things in there. There's some very dark stuff. There's some very dark stuff. I Prisoner of Azkaban is the real turning point. For, like That's the third film in the franchise, isn't it? It completely yeah, changed it. probably my favourite as well. I like, oh, really definitely. Like... It completely changed it. And because the change of director, like the first two were directed by Christopher Columbus, who most well known for Home Alone and Mrs. Doubtfire and yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, this is that, a guy who... Family favourites. So, right, uh, exactly. an obvious choice if you want to start off your right. franchise. Exactly. And if you actually... if Like, over Christmas, me and my girlfriend always watch all the Harry Potter films, right? She's an even bigger fan than I am. And I, I probably turned into as big of a fan as I am because of her. So we always watch all the Harry Potter films and then we watch Home Alone films, right? Some of my favourite Christmas movies. If you actually watch just one of the Home Alone films and one of the first Harry Potter films, it's you can really tell not only are they directed by the same guy, but they're both scored by John Williams. And there's real moments where, like, the obviously with Christmas, right? Christmas plays a big part in a lot of Columbus films, I think, but especially in the Harry Potter films and the Home Alone films. So if you, there's like the shot in Home Alone where it's like Christmas. And like Kevin runs out and then like the John Williams score like comes up and it's like a real heartfelt moment. And then you get the same in Harry Potter where like they're in a thing. And I think Ron says about it's Christmas saying and Harry runs out and you get the, the swelling of the score and the, they, they are kids films. And then you get to Prisoner of Azkaban. That's when it gets dark, right? Like you can just tell the cinematography's changed the, the school looks different like they really expanded the school they added a lot of creepy elements to the school then it kind of gets a little bit lighter for the next the next one or two but then yeah once you get on to order of the phoenix and then especially once you're into deathly hallows territory holy hell man like you're almost in horror film territory and this is why it's worked so perfectly it's so good so good i i just had a huge smile on my face the whole time admit part of the reason why you like the deathly hallows is because of the little kind of puppetry oh hell yes the story hell yes it's like the three brothers yes there's some <laughs> of the like best stuff in all in all of the harry potter franchise the bit where death is kind of using his hand nice oh, honestly that's so good puppet. that's excellent that's so good and the way that story is genius the way the three brothers story ties into the ending of the film the ending of the film have you ever put that together no so basically like what they tell you in the story of the three brothers is exactly how the harry potter saga ends right so you have the you have the brother who wants the elder wand and essentially dies of power and that's voldemort voldemort's craving the elder wand and he dies because it's too powerful and it doesn't belong to him at that point. You have the second brother who has the cloak, uh, the invisibility cloak and escapes death um, all of his life until he's ready to die. So essentially ready to sacrifice himself. And then it's said that he greets death as an old friend. So when mm-hmm. Harry sacrifices himself and dies, he's greeted by his old friend Dumbledore. And then you've got the third brother who gets the resurrection stone, resurrects his wife, but 
you know, it doesn't turn out the way he wants. So he dies mm. for love. He ends up dying for love. And that's Snape. Snape ends up dying for Lily. So it's like, they literally tell you exactly how the film's going to end. Yeah, it's incredible, man. Like, that's the way that's that, great. I've never made that, that connection. I literally put that connection together on the last watch. Yeah, I literally put that together. Really smart, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible storytelling, it really is. But again, it's quite dark, it's quite adult. Like, I don't think kids are getting that, you know? Like, if a kid's getting that, that's a hell of a kid. (laughs) Like, you know, they're they're seeing (laughs) stuff that most people are not seeing. But, um, yeah, this, honestly, dude, I'm so happy you sent this to me. It's Um, it's just so good. It's so it's, It's edited so well. Like, if they literally oh, oh, dropped this as a trailer, you wouldn't, you wouldn't bat an eyelid, right? If Warner Bros. dropped it as a trailer. Yeah. yeah you'd think, that, yeah, you'd think yeah, this yeah. was real. And I think that's yeah. kind of the difference between this and some other fan stuff. Is like some other fan stuff, you're oh, it's cool, but I can kind of tell it like it was made by a fan. Yeah. This is so well put together. Really good, that, isn't it? Yeah, that if, like, Warner Bros. dropped this and be like, yeah, we're doing, like, a horror cut you'd be like oh okay yeah you're like you are this this works man yeah also awesome awesome clip dude really really love this one and you know as always i really can't wait to see what uh you bring to the table next week brilliant yeah awesome dude it's been a good one as always and uh good to be back in the natural swing of things but uh yeah i did really enjoy our top five video and we got some good feedback on that so i think we're probably going to be doing some more top fives in the future for yeah that was good i enjoyed that yeah it was good wasn't it 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 was a it was a nice change of pace so yeah a few of you out there enjoyed that so i definitely think we're gonna change it up every couple of weeks and you know maybe do some top fives and or just a straight up review of something you know there's definitely some stuff that uh We've got jump on and review as well that, that we didn't get round to last year. But yeah, as always, thank you so much for joining us, Horror Hounds. And until next week, stay very, very safe. Cheers, guys. Bye.